Welcome back to NLP's Young Professionals Network podcast, Growing in the Green Industry. Today's podcast is powered by our Young Professional Network partner, Steel. Steel makes a full line of gasoline and battery-powered outdoor power equipment for the demanding landscape professional. Find yours at steelusa.com. Your hosts of today's episode include myself, Miles Caparis from Include Software, Luke Melangrano from Mariani Landscape, and Neil Glatt with Grow the Bench. That's about it. How's it going today, guys? Going great. Doing well, Miles. How are you? I'm great. Yeah, it's the highest 70 today in DC. So I'm, 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 I'm taking advantage of it. Hopefully a little later we got, this afternoon. We have, the, we have the word wind chill in our forecast now. Oh. <laughs> That negative, was a, negative. No, no, not not ever. negative. I mean, it felt like it was negative. My <laughs> feet felt. I thought my feet were gonna fall off this morning when I mm. went to the yard. I don't think. Uh, I don't think Macy and those those Texas folks would have would have survived if <laughs> if they were were dealing with what I was dealing with today. Mm-hmm. I've gotten kind of soft ever since I moved down to the Mid Atlantic versus uh, New Jersey, Northern New Jersey. Um, I must admit, so. Uh, you know, people complain about the weather here in the mid-Atlantic because it's like, oh, it's not consistent. Blah, blah, it goes up and down. I'm like, this is great. You know, as long as like we have like gaps of warmth, it's perfect. You know, we can bear with the cold, but we have 70 degree days and it's like, heck, I live in San Diego, might as well. Might as well be in California, baby. It's always tough when you go somewhere nice. Like I was in California for four or five days and those were the four or five days that it turned like distinctly fall weather here and and so i came back and i was just like frozen like i missed those acclimation days you know um the 70 degrees a nice reset now i'm ready to go back down all right well um yeah so today it's just us uh we'll be chatting away um kind of riffing so for our guests so no or for our listeners rather we don't have any guests so uh yeah. So the things that I want to talk about, um, which is talk about like career growth, like maybe reflect on like where we're at right now, celebrate some recent wins. I don't think we do that enough here. Um, just kind of diving into like what we're working on and what we can share. Obviously there's things that we can't share in our day to day. And, um, but one thing that I wanted to share that was a big win for me was, uh, so, uh, so part of my day job, right. Is to do design, um, for UI for software, right? And uh, it's part of part of the job of developing products. And so, with that, it requires like um, a lot a lot of buy in, right? And this can be applied to really anything, any project stuff. But um, a lot of buy in from uh, from other people on the team, especially people that uh, maybe like my manager, right? Um, and it can get pretty frustrating at times you know, like when you, when you're doing the right thing, right. Like, you know, it's the right thing, but like, it just feels like the other person's not getting it. Um, but, but recently I had a really great breakthrough on, um, I got total buy-in from the rest of the team, right. Based off of like what I'm doing. Um, and I haven't really changed like my output as much, right. But rather how I'm presenting it. Um, and I'm presenting it and like, what I did was, um, it was pretty cool. So like, there's some user testing tools that like automate user testing on the, on the designs. It shows you like where people are clicking, but as a result, right. That just generated a huge data set uh, to support the design. Right. But it also like humbled me and saying like the design kind of sucked because <laughs> people, people didn't go like where I wanted them to go or where I thought they would. So it's really informative because it humbled me 
it gave me a ton of information to make it better, but it also gave me a lot of ammo um, in like a non-negative way, right? To present up and saying like, hey, this is a good design. We're getting results. And as a result, more trust has been extended down to me, not like verbally, but just by the actions um, and how people have like interacted with me. So it's a huge win because um, it's given me a lot of confidence to keep on going with what I'm doing, right? I have a lot more momentum now because I feel confident what I'm doing and I'm not going to, I don't feel like I'm going to get um, like critiqued to, to the point like where I can't operate. Not saying I have been, right? That's just like a fear that I have. Um, so, but it, it took a while for me to like understand, like you need to come to the table with data and options um, and good data and good options and then spend some time um, presenting the rationale behind that and, uh, and getting people's buy-in. But it's been a huge win for me because it's just upped my day-to-day motivation and given like a lot of momentum back into um, where I'm at. So it's pretty cool. I think what you kind of, you kind of, what you said there too was, you know, like it's been, it's probably been going on for a while and stuff. You know, you've been, you've been in that phase and then you finally got that, that buy-in from your, your team and stuff. And it just, I think it just like the light bulb goes off and it completely changes the way you're kind of, it gives you that boost of confidence to, with what you're doing in your day to day. And I think that's, I mean, that's huge. Yeah, totally. And and it's, it's cool to, I mean, it's cool to reflect on it because, um, I mean, this, this issue, I guess not this issue, but this has always been a problem for me in my career is like, just trying to get over the fact of like, why doesn't somebody else just get it? Right. And I never understood, like, it's, it's always been hard for me to help people understand like what I'm trying to say or what I'm trying to present or like, and I ne- it never clicked. I'm like, why don't, why don't you just get it? Right. And then um, these past couple of weeks have just been a huge realization for me um, because I've taken steps that are new to me, i.e. bringing in new tools, right? Bringing, bringing in presentations that I feel like are too serious, right? Or like, it feels like I'm over-communicating, right? But in reality, I'm actually communicating at the level I should be because that's what people need to understand the context because they don't understand what's going on inside my brain, right? Yeah. So it's like this like really weird hump, but now I'm realizing like, that I'm starting to actually get over the hump, which is cool because it's like a career growth moment that I just wanted to, you know, that I'm like celebrating in a, in a, in a sense because yeah, I know there's going to be something, but this is a big deal. So it's awesome. What, what was, um, what made you change your approach there? Um, I just think it's, it's been more tact, right. Um, and, and confidence. So it, it took a lot of confidence for me to, or self-confidence for me to like bring up the tool, right. Just bring it into play. Um, and, uh, and start, and start testing it. So I tested on a very small group of people that I trusted. Um, and then, uh, got enough feedback to make like a good version of it, uh, like a good test. Right. And like learn the lessons. And I bounced the idea off of some other design mentors and they gave me a lot of insight and all that put together. I just end up like just spending some time and um then end up with like a good presentation out and as a result it's just been a new process that's gotten a lot of buy-in from the rest of the team so um but i think it's just more yeah it's just more self-confidence and kind of running out of other options you know um there's also we've also been 
I've also been doing like a lot more strategic work than I have in the past. And I think um, a lot of, so a lot of my attention has been on books and podcasts and um, trying to understand how like other business leaders who are successful, who are successful think and what they say. And a lot of that is just like kind of popping out of yourself and trying to be self-aware and, um, and like when things aren't moving around you and it tends to be like the same things, like with this, like people aren't understanding what I'm saying, <laughs> the problem's probably me. So I just did some self-reflection and this isn't, this is just an approach that ended up working out. So. Yeah, that's super cool. And, and, uh, I, I think it's, um, really interesting too, like, when we're not getting traction on something, a lot of times it's like, let's argue over the validity of the idea. When in reality, it's like, we're just not communicating here. Oh, totally. Um, and I also learned this really cool phrase um, that uh, uh, bike shedding, right? Have you ever heard of the term bike shedding? So it's no, bike and then it. shedding, like a dog sheds. Um but uh, bike shedding is also known as Parkinson's law of triviality, but it, it's the tendency, it's our, it describes our tendency to devote a disproportionate amount of time to menial and trivial matters while leaving important matters unintended, uh, unattended. So, um, so throughout this whole process, right, it's like, it's been frustrating because, um, because I've, I've, I've worked on this like behavior, right? I've, I've like exhibited this behavior, like working on like easy tasks, procrastinating on harder tasks. Um, but also like I've caught this in our meetings too, right? It's like, why are people like being picky about certain things um, and not thinking about like the more important things? But this whole idea of bike shedding is really, really interesting. Um, so, uh, but the, the way to get through that is, is generating a data set through the basic things, you know, saying like, okay, this is a solved problem. Here's the data for it. Let's move on to the tougher problems that might be a little bit more ambiguous. So. Um, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people deal with that on a regular basis. Like you said, it's, it, it, you know, and you've put a, a name to it and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the phrase that I was thinking of for it, but it's, you know, yeah, everybody wants to just tackle those little small little things and, and maybe they're not even tackling it or, or accomplishing them. It's just, it's, it's easier often to do that than, than like you said, dive headfirst into, you know, those big problems that maybe are going to take some time and, and whatnot, but they're going to give you that momentum to, to move your business, your organization, whatever you're trying to do in the step and the direction that you want to go in. Yeah, totally. Like in this article. So for our listeners who are listening, um, if you Google bike shedding and then decision lab, uh, you'll come up with an article for it. Uh, but in this article, they essentially say like in corporate settings, we are often asked to voice our opinions. It is much easier for us to spend time discussing an issue that we understand and that we know other people understand. We feel competent taking a stance on a topic we understand and use the opportunity to contribute. Um, and then people, other people want to contribute to show that they're listening and being an active member of the team which causes too much time being dis discussed around a trivial matter um, by attempting to sound smart and voice our opinions. We also shy away from major issues. Um, so I think part of that was like that confidence thing that I was talking about, Neil, right. was like, 
Um, I didn't have the confidence or, nor the data to back up like these, um, these kind of more ambitious ideas that I had or more, um, or things that, I, that were more research and development meant that I didn't have the confidence behind. And the way that I got past this was having a tool to like generate the data set saying, Hey, these are good ideas. Right. So it gave me the confidence and gave me the team, the confidence. So it's really, a yeah, it's an interesting concept. Um, and by like naming it, it actually puts like a little more attention to it because how many meetings are we, have we all been in where it's like, what are we even talking about right now? <laughs> or why is this even a meeting and not just a quick email or something yeah, along yeah. those lines? Yeah. Yeah. I think the problem is that nobody ever voices that when they feel it. Like I do all the time, but a lot of times I, I look around the room and I can read everybody's face that they, they're totally not engaged. And it's like, why is nobody saying this is a stupid meeting? <laughs> yep. Well, now you have a name for it. Bike shedding. It's like, Hey, we're bike shedding guys. This is a, uh, let's just, let's just cut it. But yeah, so that's a, that's a, that's a recent career win for me that, that was cool. Gross. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything that you've, uh, that you guys have recently experienced or might be small. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, for me, I've <clears throat> lately, I've, you know, I've really learned like the power of saying no to things. Um, I've always been kind of a guy who hasn't said no to things and I've, started saying no and just like the way it's allowed me to focus on kind of like what you're talking about miles too is like the important things and uh, where our conversation was going with that is like the the important things the non-trivial things like i'm not getting sucked into um tasks and and work that isn't going to you know move me forward whether that's professionally personally um you know, work that's important to within our organization, things like that. And, and the, the, the way that that has in turn improved my quality of life, you know, inside and outside of work, even, um, you know, like I, it's, it's kind of that light bulb went off for me. You know, we always talk about, and you kind of joke with me miles about my work-life balance and everything like that, and like golfing and this and that. And, for me, it's just given me a, a chance to say like, you know, is there such, is there actually such a thing as like work-life balance? Yes, I guess you could say that, but also it's what, what do you want to invest your time into? I think that's where a lot of people sometimes you know, fall short is they want to invest their time into work or whatever. And then it's like, oh, well, I don't get to go have fun. I don't get to go do this, but I take that time and I invest it into those things. And by saying no to certain things, to, to things that are asked of me at times, it's really just improved me, my life, you know, inside and outside of work tremendously over the past, I don't know, it's probably been three or four months now that I've kind of really started doing that. And uh, I've really started to notice the the changes with that. Not to put you on the spot, but like what, um, do you have any like good like tactical examples that somebody could like apply in like their day to day? That's a 
that that is putting me on the spot. I think for for me, like I was always <laughs> no getting, pressure. I was always getting sucked into work that necessarily wasn't mine, or I was trying to help people with their with maybe something that they were working on. And yeah, while that's great, it was taking my time away from working on projects that I needed to do. Um, and so in turn, in order for me to work on my projects and things that I needed to do, I'd end up working at night or working later or working on the weekends, things like that. So, you know, I'd, I, I still am willing to help people, but I'm making sure that my my tasks, my work that I need to get done are handled first before I'm stepping in and helping, you know, somebody else with, with a project that they maybe have uh, going on. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's, that's really important. That's something that I struggle with even. Um, it also, I think it comes as a result of your, I mean, you're probably one of the more experienced production managers now at this point, right? Or um, people in your company. So people will go to you if they're struggling and they need help um, on one of their tasks. So I'm, what I'm, I'm getting at here is that you're kind of letting some people sink or swim, right? Like some, like, at least for me, I don't like seeing people sinking, but sometimes they got to sink a little bit in order to like learn. Right. Yeah. They have to do that. And, and, you know, I mean, at some point you just, you realize with people, I think, you know, as a leader within your organization, uh, you, you, you realize with people, you know, it's your time truly best invested in that person. Like, are they going to, you know, kind of like what you were talking about miles where you're explaining things and they're just not getting it. They're just not getting it. You reevaluated yourself and you change things and, and, change your delivery and your approach and it's worked out. And maybe if you've exhausted that option at some point, it's just like, are that, is that person or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. is that worth your time? Because it's like you said, you got to let them sink or swim at some point. Yeah. It looked like that you had something. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's, it's smart, right? Because if you're, if you're overextending yourself to the point where you can't, uh, there's, you know, it, it reminds me of the age 20 rule, right? So 20% of your efforts are getting 80% of the results for the organization. And you got to be smart about where you're spending that. And if you are um, overextending yourself to the point where you can't be that effective, you know, what your role is yourself, because you're always helping other people, then, then, then it becomes a disservice to the organization, even though certain individuals may be being helped to an extent, but to your point, Miles, they're not learning when that's happening. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, 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 that's something that I really want to learn is like how to, how to teach people better while like not trying to do their jobs. I think that's I, something. <laughs> I'd rather help somebody reflect than help them do their job because I think they're going to learn better that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's, I think the, the problem is, is maybe it's not a problem. It's just like the situation is that as we get farther into our careers, the more responsibility that we gain and the more high level thinking that we have to do and the more entrusting of the jobs that we were just doing, we have to give to other people to do, you know? Um, so I think, I think the hard part is, is like, um, how do you, how do you give somebody else 
a task that you're really good at, right? And where they might not be as good or it's just going to take them time to learn, right? And they'll be just as good or even better, right? How do you do that effectively without like giving into the temptation of like, this needs to be done, but my expectations. I mean, I always... So like part, part of kind of what I've been doing is I've got a, a person who's training under me right now to uh, move up into a, the next, his next role. And a lot of, you know, a lot of what I'm doing is letting him, you know, yeah, he fails and it's, it's, it's tough and it creates some issues, but you know, I'm using those as those learn uh, the learning moments with him uh, and you know, I'm there in in the background for him to be able to push him and give him the uh, confidence he needs to make a decision on something and you know run it by him and stuff. But I mean, for me personally, I think I think everybody's training style is going to be a little bit different. But for me, I like to to let you know the the people get out there and and see kind of how they go. Like you said, Miles, sink or swim, and. Uh, you know, sometimes they sink, sometimes they, they swim, and sometimes it's a combination of both. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's half of it, and I think the other half is, are you comfortable letting somebody do it very differently than you did it, right? So maybe they're swimming, but they're doing the backstroke, which can feel <laughs> really weird when you're used to doing things certain ways, right? Um. And, and a lot of times when I'm working with leaders, it's like, are they failing or are they doing it really differently than you would do it and maybe still having success? And I know that I burnt out a lot of people in my career when I was trying to get them to go about tasks the same way that I was. <laughs> um, no, I think, yeah, I don't think that's, I don't think that's something that I like, necessarily struggle with because I always go, I always remind myself the idea of like, we, uh, we got to measure by outcomes, not outputs, Right um for for at least for like management and uh for for more knowledge work i I, output is really important at the production level for for landscaping right you know how many tasks are you getting done budget versus actual hours when you get down to the field level so um that's that's obviously a more output driven environment um as well as outcomes right quality but uh for 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 people who are more in the management side the the more that you focus on outcomes and less output and an easy example would be like, you don't measure, a, a you don't measure a software developer by the lines of code that they write. Right. That's like a, that's output, but rather you measure by like what kind of features have they built or, um, or, or what value have they, have they created um, and measured off of that. So I'm good with people doing it differently because at the end of the day, my measurement is like, what outcome did we gain? Right. Yeah. I think it's gotta be. How about you, Neil? I'm curious about you. You're a, you gotta have some like sort of like career growth, even though, uh, you know, you're the smartest guy out of all of us. (laughs) I don't know about that. Um, (laughs) but I, yeah, I, I am growing. I, uh, recently I read, uh, (laughs) say, say that one more time. What was the book? thing the book is built to sell and it's uh i highly recommend it as a read that um walks through the need for systems in your business and and having everything be a process so you know the goal is 
how to make something so conceptual into more of a product and how to make your service really a system. And so I've been doing this on a few fronts. So now when somebody reaches out to me because they want me to speak at their conference or at their company, be like, that's great. Here's the four-step process we go through to determine your needs and come up with the topic and the description and deliver that service. And if somebody reaches out to me for, hey, how do we maximize our salespeople? Here's the seven-step process that we're going to follow. So I've been building those out and it just makes that communication that you were talking about so much easier miles. Right. Um, and still allows for customization, but it's something that I wish I'd paid attention to or known about when I was selling landscaping and snow as well, because having a total process that you walk customers through is, it just creates so much value, uh, from, something that's really just a construct you know but not not even like not even systems to deliver the service more like we were iso certified so we had a process for everything that we followed but the clients didn't really accompany us through that journey unbelievable yeah no i understand i understand what you're saying um i think uh well, I mean, but what it comes down to is like, those are like more processes, like you're saying, processes around like communication, making yes. sure that everybody's on the same page. It's yep. kind of like a step-by-step, -step, like, okay, we got this step. Here's the roadmap to where you're going to go versus them being blind, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and like my client who designed it or who shared this book with me has an irrigation scoring system, right? So we're going to come out to your house we're going to evaluate your irrigation system through seven steps and you're going to get a score out of a hundred for how efficient it is. And it's like, that is brilliant. Um, so I've been designing that on my side for uh, various things with client delivery and it's been awesome. Yeah, that makes sense. I think, um, I think the only thing that um, in my, at least what I've seen is sometimes people can get married to the process too much where you do lose some potential innovation. Um, so you have to be smart about, um, you have to be smart about the people who are implementing those systems and processes where they can be flexible enough if there's a change um, and it's warranted. It's not just a change to be different, but like if there's a change because there's any value that can be created, um, it's not like this like set in stone rule, you know? Yeah, so I find it actually allows more innovation in the delivery because it's like here's the step how are we going to complete it in a way that makes sense for you rather than just kind of flying by the seat of our pants right right well i mean the whole idea of processes and systems is to automate or uh to reduce the time on non-value work right so um like, like so like the yeah. value so like the value is like the delivery right i mean that's how i think about it but for me, for me, the big difference here is it's it's so valuable from helping a client conceptually understand what's going to happen, right? It makes it easier to buy. And it's actually a sales move more than a operational move. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Um, 
but it also but it also allows you to scale. And that's what I'm hearing is that it allows you to field more opportunities because you have this funnel that just and that just gets filled up, and then you have a process that just people can walk through. So yeah, I guess that's more the point that I'm saying. So if like, mm-hmm. so if I'm I'm you, but like in in your case, you're selling, um, you know, it's public speaking opportunities, consulting services, but um. For instance, like Luke, like you're selling enhancements. Do you, I mean, I, th- I would imagine you guys have processes and stuff at Mariani that you guys walk through, but are you communicating out like at that level, like what Neil's saying, like, we're going to go out and visit your property, do a measurement. You're going to get a proposal. And like, does the client understand like where they are in a journey on that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're, okay. I mean, that's, yeah, that's our sales process with them. We're going to communicate with them, uh, you know, do the initial meet. And then typically once we meet with them and we better understand what they're actually looking for, we guide them through the appropriate process. I mean, you know, looking at something for like enhancements is going to be a lot different than looking at something, you know, for maintenance or something that needs a design or, or whatever. So it's, I mean, I think it's paramount to be communicating through that whole process and communicating everything um schedule wise uh you know material lead time all that sort of stuff i think it's i think by leaving that stuff out you are you're setting yourself up in a way to kind of fail i mean i think there there was a um yeah i'll just i'll leave it at that i think there's there's I think by having that a way for somebody on your team to walk a client through the step-by-step process of, of what they can expect uh, from you, from your team, uh, what's expected of them at certain times. I mean, um, I think that's huge. Totally. Cool. Well, that's good to hear, Neil, that you're, uh, that's a, that's a good growth that even, even the best of us have, have room to uh, have room to improve. I don't know where this title comes from. <laughs> I don't know. I just got to make it interesting. <laughs> I'm also not relegating it. It's, it's fun. <laughs> you know, um, you know, sometimes like a good, a good ego boost is, uh, is, uh, is what you need, you know, maybe, maybe not for Neil. I don't know, but <laughs> we'll, uh, Anyways, now I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm digressing, but uh yeah, so that's that's cool. Um, all good stuff. I don't know if you guys have anything else that you guys want to chat about. Uh, any news or anything that's fun on the pipeline um, in the industry that you've been paying attention to? DC's uh DC's going full your electric blowers starting January one. Um, really? Next year, yeah. So that's happening. It's pretty. It'll be pretty interesting to see that. Um, and how that gets applied. I got to talk to some of my local contacts to see how they're going to work through that. But yeah, the leaf blower ban goes into effect here January 1, 2022. It's going to be really tough to come by them in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's probably tough to come by right now. I'm, yeah, I'm not buying it, but look, you probably could probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I'm not dealing directly with purchasing stuff or anything like that, but I can, can't imagine um I, I would imagine that this has been a proposal for a while and hopefully it's not just suddenly suddenly something that they're just dropping in everybody's lap but uh i mean it's challenging it's challenging uh um 
mandate then you know they're they're popping up all over the country obviously we've been dealing them with them for quite a while and um, some of the cities we work in are much more strict than others some of them allow uh, for gas powered blowers at certain times of the year which has helped uh, you know fall and spring specifically we can still utilize them um, but you know I, I think as an industry I think we need to uh, companies need to just be better. Uh, they need to practice just better use of their equipment and, and be more professional with it. You need, you know, the other day I was driving down the road and I saw a company at one, at a, at a property, uh, a house, and there was seven guys on this crew. Five of them had backpack blowers running and then two people running, uh, lawnmowers. I mean, the amount of noise that was generated right there. I mean, that, that, those things like that right there are what lead to these, these types <laughs> of bands. I, I mean, it, like, let's be, let's be honest here. I mean, that, that is what leads to that, these types of, of bands. And I don't think if you are, if you're practicing proper and smart usage of these, this equipment, you can, you can weather through these things. <laughs> so, um, that's just my two cents on the the electrical equipment. Yeah, well, I mean, it's becoming more and more real. I think that's that's the thing. So, um, and it'll probably, I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how our our different um, member organizations, our different companies adapt, right? Because I'm sure, like, our companies who service like larger metropolitan areas um, in the states are going to have this hit first. And then it's going to slowly spread out into other neighborhoods and areas throughout the country. Um, I mean, selfishly, I'm pretty excited <laughs> because, I mean, in the city, like when you have like a whole bunch of apartment buildings and people are like, you have like, you know, three crews of three or four people running like leaf blowers at full blast, you know, that stuff echoes off the the apartment buildings and it just like becomes like, you know, it becomes, it comes pretty loud. So um, so I can totally see why I'm not, I'm not the one voting for this stuff so, because I know how much of pain in the ass it is to, when you don't have enough power behind the blower. Like it's so. always, there's always that, uh, <laughs> that part of me. I mean, like you said, Miles, like, I, I mean, I've, I'm pretty sure I've sent you snaps before and it's like Saturday night, I'm sitting out on my patio at six, seven, eight o'clock yeah. at night sometimes. <laughs> and the landscapers are cutting my neighbor's lawn and it's like, like that, that part in me, like you said, selfishly, it's like, Oh God, I could, I, I love for that. But then, you know, the, the landscaper <laughs> in me comes out and it's, you know, shit, we really need these, these pieces <laughs> of equipment, you know? Um, so yeah, that's luckily I don't live in the city, so I don't have to deal with the, the echoing off all the buildings and stuff, but still it's, it's all about being, you know, we've talked about it before. It's about professionalism within our industry. And I think if you can be a professional organization and, and that, that means things like that. Um, some of these mandates will, uh, they're not going to go away. I don't think they're, they're all coming. They're all going to come. It's just a matter of when, and when you're not, being a professional organization, they're going to come a lot quicker in your communities than those who are. Cool. In other news, um, 
there's been some more uh some more uh merging uh mergers and acquisitions save a tree acquired a company in new england um so that's pretty interesting um all about you know we should probably talk about that and in, in the idea of like well neil you kind of referenced that built to sell right i mean especially if you're a smaller business looking to sell up i mean the uh the m a market is hot for um for our companies so anything to improve your um your buyout price or your multiple it's, you know it's it's going to be it's good for crazy you. hot right now i had a friend who just sold his landscape company in detroit he's like wasn't really looking for it but it came along and holy crap was it an offer and uh he runs a good business or ran a good business so he was able to get it but always a great time to get out do you know um what what kind of multiples he was looking at i don't know if you can share that or not but uh he asked me not to share it so i won't yeah all right well you know i'm sure that's decent if if we say it's decent so um yeah so it's, it's that's such an interesting thing um i mean i love i love the finance part of it that's like my, my act like my background so like it's really interesting to see like how that works. So, but you have to get in that mindset if you're looking to, it's a great exit opportunity um, for your business. If you can get the systems in place, like where it's kind of like um, just everything's in lockstep and uh, to turnkey organization, you know, it's a pretty easy thing to sell and you're going to get some good value from that. So um, pretty interesting. Cool. Well, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all the news that I see like coming across. Cool. All right. Well, uh, big thank you to our listeners. Thank you for listening. Uh, feel free to um, uh, rate the podcast, uh, give us feedback, um, connect with us on LinkedIn, give us feedback there. That'd be cool. And uh, yeah, share with your friends, family, coworkers, uh, if you find value in this. And uh, guys, I hope you have a great rest of your day and uh, I'll catch up. With we're going to we're going to skip over the rose and thorn. Oh my gosh. Look at this. This is what I get for not paying attention to the script. Um, you know, what's your rose and thorn? Like, go ahead, Luke. Put me on the spot again. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you, 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 you called it yeah. out. <laughs> uh, well, Hey, you're, you're, you're running this here. Yeah. You know, it's um, true. I messed up. I'm sorry. Let's see. Uh, Rose, we had a, uh, appreciation breakfast for all of our crews and people within our organization over the past week we've kind of broken it up uh, department by department and so that's always really fun um nice to just kind of you know break bread with the guys and uh girls in the field and enjoy that 30 minutes or so in the morning uh, eat some good food and whatnot so that was has been really nice lately um thorns uh i'm out of the playoff bracket right now in my fantasy football team so uh need a couple w's over the next few weeks to to get back in there so that's uh that's what i'm rooting for right now yeah that's why uh i stopped i stopped playing fantasy i just couldn't deal with the disappointment year over year the money wasted <laughs> injuries was it injuries or was it strategic? Was it your fault? Uh, one was a, well, I mean, it's a combination of both. You get some people who get injured 
And then, uh, you know, it's so hard to say it's even strategic because it's like, you know, somebody on your team who typically never plays, it's like one of your bench guys or whatever, suddenly has a breakout game. Like they haven't had one all season long and bam, well, running back throws up 30 points this game, you know, and he's on the bench, you know, and your normal running backs all had great games. Yeah, I mean, you can't really say that's strategic, but it's just silly, silly stuff that, you know, it makes it makes football fun. I'm not like necessarily the most huge football fan there is out there, but uh, it gets me in into the games a little bit more. So, what about you, Neil? Well, um, <clears throat> I'm uh, going through this MBA program, and I was supposed to be going to a week in residential week in Raleigh, North Carolina, in February, but. Um, it's just too difficult for some of our cohort to get their visas to come over. And so they've moved the, the residential week in February from Raleigh, North Carolina to uh, the South of France. And so it's kind of a thorn because it's going to take me longer and I have to rearrange some stuff to be able to make it. But it's also kind of an awesome rose because I want to go to the South of France for a while. So I'm excited about that trip. Um, I just, I'm going to be home for like four days in February <laughs> once I rearrange everything. So it's all good. It's all right. February is a good month to be away from home if you can do it. It's true. Um, I guess it's my turn. Rose, uh, I finished my half marathon and I met my goal, which is sick. So I went in. I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast or not, but I went in, wanted to run it in uh within 100 minutes an hour 40 and i hit it exactly so um pretty stoked on that it's cool uh recovering still from it um but i'm hooked this is a cool experience there's like over nine thousand people that were racing it and uh yeah it was it was it was pretty cool i think the uh the winner though like ran it in like an hour and seven minutes or six minutes something like that yeah he was hauling he was like it was crazy i watched some videos after i'm just like that's that's unbelievable one day that's your your decision to sign up for a turkey trot yeah yeah now (laughs) i need to run turkey trot because like um i need to see if i can run fast you know then like run faster than that it's crazy i mean like he was like running that's like a five it's like a 508 507 pace for 13 miles straight and it wasn't flat, right? The, the, the course was not flat at all. So wild. Um, that, so that's cool. That's cool, Rose. Um, uh, so appreciating like kind of the recovery phase now and getting out there and having fun with running instead of just like going out there and training. Um, Thorn, uh, it's, you know, it's getting to be winter. So that means landscapers are becoming less busy, especially in the, the, the Midwest and uh, the Northeast. And that means I get busier. So I love servicing my clients. Learn to say no. I just got to learn to say no. I, I, how do you say no to your clients? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you can never say no to your clients. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was, you know, I was, I was just going to pull out a quote here from you saying, well, Luke said I could say no. So um, go listen to growing in the green industry and, You'll see why I'm not going to service you. I would never do that. Delegation. There you Delegation. go. Delegation. <laughs> okay, there you go. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah. 
I love servicing my clients. Clients are awesome. So, um, so yeah, so that's pretty much it. Uh, I guess I kind of closed it out before, but thanks again, everyone for listening and bearing with, uh, you know, my, uh, my floating brain that's somewhere else right now, it seems. So again, share the podcast if you're able to, and uh, if you enjoy, give us feedback and guys have a great rest of your day and uh, enjoy the holidays. You as well. Yeah. See ya. See you guys.